The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't quite so easy to see. And I must have missed something when you smoking so much I can't even sing anymore. Stop, stop smoking. I hear from every woman in my life. Stop smoking. You need to stop smoking. I know, you promised. I hear it from I hear it from when I was on the show. You pull me up a little pen. I hear it from I hear it from Feelings Girl. I hear it from Dinner Girl. I hear it from Crispelli Girl. Every day, you have to stop smoking. I'm like, shut up and go get my cigarettes. All righty. You put me up a little bit more. Hi, this is Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. I hope the Eagle Tribunes got their pens ready because apparently they've been stealing all my material. Yesterday and the day before, we did a uh, couple of interviews with local police chiefs. And one of the chiefs called me today and said, Hey, Tommy, you're not going to believe this, but I just got a call from the Tribune. They want to do, do what you did yesterday. I mean, of course they do. The Tribune's been out of ideas for 35 years. They've been copying me since 2004. And I guess I should be, I don't know, maybe I should be flattered by it. I, I kind of am, actually, a little bit. But um, it's kind of infuriating when... Like, I'm a creative guy, so I go out and I try and find things that nobody else is doing, and then I try and do that. Very creative. And then people, and then, and then everybody else follows and copies <laughs> what I do, which makes what I do not really all that unique. It's kind of like I said, okay, we'll have Neil Perry come on the show once a month after he got elected. And I'm thinking, okay, we'll have the exclusive with Neil Perry once a month. And then coronavirus hits, and he's doing a friggin' show every day. So now he's so overexposed when he comes on my show, I get no views because everybody's, everybody's so seen everything and heard everything they can hear from Neil Perry over the last three months that the, there's no need for them to come to my show anymore to listen to Neil Perry. So when Neil comes in next week, we're going to be doing a very different show. I'm not going to allow him to do here what he does on all of his other 43 other shows that he does every day. I mean, he's everywhere. He's MCTV. He's doing podcasts. I put on Tucker Carlson last night. I expected to see Neil Perry sitting there crying out loud. Anyways, he's doing a good job, though. I'll say that about Neil Perry. You know, say what you want about him. Say what you want about the last election. I know people hate him because he's, he's close to Sharon Pollard. He's part of the big Pollard conspiracy. There's all these Pollard haters out there, which I never understood why. Because, like, what, did, what has she done that's been so evil? I, I don't get. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Sharon Pollard's, but let, let's face it. I mean... She's not the Antichrist. Uh, but Neil was, doing a, Neil was doing a decent job. And the, and the fun part about Neil is he's bought into the whole hysteria for, like since day one. Like Remember when he was here and he was chiding me, saying, Tom, it's not hysteria, Tom. Tom, it's real. And I'm not sure how real and hysteria became opposites. Because I was, I was talking to some elderly people today that were saying, it's not real because my babysitter's third cousin's mailman died of coronavirus. And I'm like, well, how does that make it not hysteria? 
Like, it can be real and there can be hysteria about it at the same time. And I've been saying since day one, this coronavirus hysteria is exactly that, hysteria. That doesn't mean it's not real, and it doesn't mean it's not dangerous, but what the, what the media has told the American public since day one has been a friggin' lie, and they've been lying since day one. They made it seem like we were all going to die if we got the coronavirus. We had to shut down the greatest economy in American history, in the history of, of mankind. We had to shut down the greatest economy since the history of mankind. And here's what we find out at the end. Here's some numbers. So we were talking about Methuen, so I ran some, with some numbers. And here's what's great about these numbers, because these numbers don't lie. I mean, the, the, the numbers that they're giving us might not be real, because we know that they're inflating some of the numbers. They're counting people who died of a heart attack. If they had coronavirus, they're counting that as a coronavirus death. That's okay. We'll give them that. But a lot of people have it that are not being tested. Lisa Williams says, yes, a lot of people, a lot of people have, have, have gotten it that have not been tested. So here's the numbers that we have, the raw numbers from, I'm going to give you the Methuen numbers, I'm going to give you the Massachusetts numbers, then I'm going to give you the country numbers, and I want you to notice a pattern, all right? So here we have, do you, you have that, uh, that um, uh, graph that I sent you on Facebook? You don't have that, all right. So you, they're just going to have to take notes at home. So in Methuen, there are 50,000 people in Methuen. As of yesterday, there are 559 cases of coronavirus. Now, 559 people in Methuen got the coronavirus. That, that sounds like a big number, right? But when you factor in the percentages of how many people live in Methuen, which is 50,000, that means 1.1% of the people in Methuen have gotten the coronavirus. 1%, all right? 28 deaths. There have been 28 deaths in Methuen, which represents 5% of the people who got the coronavirus have died. So you had 15, 559 people in Methuen got the coronavirus, 28 have died, that's 5% of the people who got it died, that we know of that got it. There's a whole lot of people out there that got it that never got tested because they had no symptoms. We're just gonna go by what they're giving us for now. So these numbers are really gonna be lower, but let's just go with the higher number because it still makes my case. 28 deaths is 5% of the people who contracted the coronavirus died, which is 0.05, that's five one-hundredths of 1% 1 of the population of Methuen has died from the coronavirus. We are now eight weeks into a national shutdown for five-tenths of 1%. Now, okay, you say, hey, Tom, that's only Methuen. Okay, fine. What's great about these percentage numbers is they don't change. If you look at Lawrence, if you look at Andover, if you look at the state numbers and the national numbers, they change a little bit, they fluctuate a little bit, but overall, they don't change. In Massachusetts, we have uh, 6.8 million people in Massachusetts. 60,265 cases as of right now of coronavirus. That's eight-tenths of 1% of the state of Massachusetts has contracted the coronavirus. 3,405 people in Massachusetts have died from the coronavirus. That's a lot of people. 3,000 is a lot of people. I'd hate to be one of those 3,000. So I'm not saying that it's not serious. The word hysteria is not the opposite of real, for those of you who are watching, for those of you who are posting on my Facebook page about how I'm minimizing the risk and I'm saying it's not real. I'm not saying any of those things. What I am saying is we were told that even if we stayed home, 200,000 people were going to die. That if we didn't stay home, 2 million people were going to die. And when you look at these numbers, you know that is completely and totally false. The Massachusetts numbers, 5% of the people who get the coronavirus have died. 
the state numbers, 5% of the people who have contracted the coronavirus have died. Let's look at nationally. 328 million people in the United States of America, 1.4 million have contracted the coronavirus. That's 0.4%. That's four-tenths of 1% of the population of the United States has contracted the coronavirus. 61,000 people have died, 61,574 as of right now. That's 4.3% of the people who contracted the coronavirus, almost 5%, have died. Or one one-hundredth of 1% of the country has died. We shut down the greatest economy in American history, in human history, for less than one one-hundredth of 1%. Now, I know what you're going to say, but Tom, but Tom, if everybody went out, it would have been worse. If we didn't shut down the country, it wouldn't have been worse. Well, wait a minute. How can that be possible? We were told if we stayed home, it would stop the spread. And it didn't stop the spread. 5% of the people still died. 1% of the population still got the virus that we know of. Now let's factor in, they're now saying... That 90, they're now doing testing in Florida and they're cross testing in California, and they're now saying that 98.8% of the people who've contracted the coronavirus showed no symptoms and didn't die and didn't get sick. Which means this one tenth of one hundredth of one percent is actually like, divide that by another hundred. You're talking about one one thousandth of one percent if you factor in the real numbers. Now, this isn't Tom minimizing the risk. This is the numbers minimizing what we were told the risk was. Let's remember, we were told 2 million people will die if we don't shut the country down, and even if we do shut the country down, 200,000 deaths. In the country, right now, we're at 61,000 deaths. Again, nothing to sneeze at. It's 61,000 people that weren't here before this started. But wait a minute, now we're finding out another dynamic to this thing. Now, because we've been doing this now for eight weeks, and they've been studying this for eight weeks, now we find out that a whole 60 or more percent of the people who have gotten this virus and died are in nursing homes. So now that's, if you take that one one hundredth, one one thousandth of one percent, you're now dividing it even more if you want to know what your risk is walking around outside if you're not elderly and you don't have a pre-existing condition. Now, listen, I'm saying this as somebody who is the, literally the most vulnerable person to get this virus. I have an autoimmune disease. I don't talk about it a lot, but I have an autoimmune disease called ankylosing spondylitis. If I get the, if I get the virus, I'm dead. I mean, there's, there's no two ways around it. My immune system cannot handle it. And even I'm sitting here telling you, if I'm one of the 61,000 people who die, if I die tomorrow, I will still be saying on my deathbed, it's, I'm, it's, I'm sorry to have to leave this planet that I'm dying. However, it wasn't worth shutting down the greatest economy in American history. It wasn't worth the suicides that are happening now, people losing their businesses, people losing their homes, people losing everything that they've built their entire life for. It wasn't worth it. My, saving my death was not worth it. I'm sorry, it wasn't. Not, not for, I care more about America than I care about me. And I don't, under, I don't understand when the numbers are so clear, they're so clear how anybody can put on that idiot on CNN, Fredo, what's his name? Um, uh, Cuomo. Chris Cuomo. Think about this for a minute. We talked about it last week, but I, 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 need, to, I need to reiterate, and then we'll talk to Lisa about some stuff. <laughs> I flip on CNN two weeks ago, and there's Fredo, 
Right and he's in his basement. And he's got the coronavirus. And he's quarantined for 14 days. And he's talking to you about the hallucinations that he's having and the fevers that he's having and the chills that he's having. And then he has guests on and they do a split screen because the guest has to like Skype in. And he's telling us we're all going to die if we get the coronavirus. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm watching the guy with the coronavirus doing the interview. He's not dead. He's not on a ventilator. He's not in a hospital. He looks pretty good. He looks fun. Maybe he's having chills. Maybe he's having hallucinations. Maybe he can't sleep at night. But he's not dead. He's not what he's telling us. Is What I'm watching doesn't comport with what he's telling me on what I'm watching. That we all have to shut down the country. We can't go back to work. In fact, in Maine, the idiot governor in Maine just shut down the entire state for the summer. No tourists, shutting down the public beaches, no amusement parks, shutting down the state to tourists for the entire summer. Over one one-thousandth of one percent of the people who contract this virus that might die, maybe? Seriously? This thing's been a hoax from the beginning. And again, I'm not saying it's not serious. It is, but it's not much more serious than the flu. A little more, a little more, but not a lot more serious than the flu. A lot. And for this, <laughs> we shut it down. Now, having said that, I think the country's fine. We should open up the whole damn country tomorrow. Except for maybe sections of New York, maybe New York City, maybe Boston. I don't understand why all of Massachusetts has to be shut down when most of the deaths are in the Boston area. Shut down Boston. Let the rest of the country go about our damn business. At the end of this, and I'm going to write a, a huge story on this, maybe for next week, maybe for the following month in the Valley Patriot. And by the way, we still are in business. Um, on all of the elected officials who got drunk with power when this started. Once they declared a state of emergency, they've suspended the Constitution. And look at, and I, want, I want you guys really, when all this is over, to look back and see... All of these elected officials that get so drunk with power that they became totalitarians, they became fascists. In California, they're arresting people who are surfing by themselves. Tell me again this is about a virus. Tell me again this is about social distancing. In Colorado, a guy was playing catch nine feet away from his daughter. They were playing, playing catch with a baseball, and they were arrested. Why? Because the governor says you can't do it. Not because of social distancing, because they were nine feet apart. There's another guy in Colorado who was fishing in a lake by himself, fishing, alone, in a boat, was arrested for violating the governor's order not to go fishing. Why is there a governor's order in Colorado not to go fishing if it's about social distancing? If you're on a boat, by yourself, alone. And nobody wants to ask these questions. I watch CNN all day, and it's just coronavirus hysteria, wall to wall. And by the way, it's all Trump's fault. Trump created the coronavirus, he injected it into people, and he wants everyone to die. That's what I see on CNN all day. I watched Don Lemon last night, who was apoplectic. This guy was, this guy was, this guy, I've never seen him as animated as he was last night, because now people are starting to go back to work, and the crisis, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the, to the fascists. To guys like Don Lemon and the governor of Maine and the governor of Colorado and, and, and California, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. They don't want it to end ever. And he's on last night saying, don't go to work. You're going to kill me. You're going to kill everyone around us. You're gonna, people are going to die. Because they don't want it to stop ever. They don't want America to come back ever. They want to, they're so drunk with power, there are governors scheming in their offices right now trying to figure out which one of your rights they want to take away next. In fact, in one state, they said, 
Guns and gun stores are not an essential service. But by the way, abortion is. If you need to get a hip replacement, and we're going to talk about this with Lisa in a few seconds, if you want to get a hip replacement, if you have heart problems, that's all considered elective surgery. You can't do that. It's not essential. If you want to kill your baby, though, if you want to have an abortion, very essential. You know why? Because Planned Parenthood needs their money. And Planned Parenthood pays all these politicians to make sure they keep getting their money. And most of it is our money, by the way. It's tax money. All right. So those are the numbers on Massachusetts in the United States and in Methuen. And what's great about these numbers is they don't change. Whether you're looking at Methuen, it's 5% die, have 5% of the people who've contracted the virus have died, and 1% of the population has contracted it that we know of. In Massachusetts, it's the same thing. 1% of the people have gotten the virus, and 5% of the people that got it have died. And nationally, it's the same. 1% of the people of the of United States have gotten it. 5% of the people who got it have died. Those numbers don't change. They fluctuate a little bit. Lawrence is a little bit higher, but North Andover is a little bit lower. When you average it all out, it all turns out to be the same. 5%, 1%. That's what I want everybody to remember from today's show, if you remember nothing else. Remember, 1% of the people get the virus, 5% of that 1% die. That's it. And that makes it less than 1 one-hundredth of 1%. So what is your risk walking around Lawrence, get, going to a bodega, going to get keypays over at uh, Polo Centro, going to get a taco at, uh, what's that new place on uh, Winthrop Avenue? Um, I don't know, the Cafe Azteca. Oh, yeah, I'm a Cafe Azteca kind of, not the one on Common Street. Is the one on Common Street in Lawrence? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Not a big fan. Um, you like them? Is Because you don't like things really spicy though, right? I do. You do? Yeah, I do. Because every time I go there, there's nothing spicy. I end up going to Casablanca. Uh, I like them too. I actually used Uber Eats for the first time ever. They're fabulous. I always said I would never do that, but I was so hungry, and it was like 9 o'clock, and I knew that Casablanca was going to be closing shortly, so I jumped on real quick, and I ordered like a whole bunch of stuff, like fajitas and everything, and in under like five minutes, they were knocking on my office door. Fabulous. Handing, yeah. me, handing me food. It was great. Um it was sitting next to me. I didn't introduce her because I was going to get through a couple of other things first, but let's, let's talk with Lisa. Um, one of my favorite people in the world, Lisa Savinelli-Williams. Oh, by the way, it's a very long name. It sounds, like, it sounds like a law firm. I know. Lisa Savinelli-Williams well, and, and Savinelli is my maiden name. Okay. All these, all these women with their maiden names, they got to keep their maiden names. Just, it's, just, it's only really to make my life more difficult. That's really the only reason. People with all these, all these big names. Well, I wanted to keep the fact that I am Italian. Another Italian. All these Italians, <laughs> they always have to talk about how Italian they are. You could be talking about the color of the drapes at the White House, and some guy would go, yeah, but I'm Italian. You know, I know all about drapes. You know, I'm Italian. So anyways, um, Lisa Savinelli-Williams is, is the owner of Urgent Care. You and your husband, Tom, is it DeLacy? Do I always get yes, that wrong? Yes, yes. I got it right for I once. can't be Lisa four names, so I couldn't be Lisa Savinelli-Williams <laughs> can, can he be Thomas Savinelli-Williams DeLacy? <laughs> oh, no. God. And then when people call him like Mr. Williams, he's just like, Lisa, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh, boy. So she said they are the owners of, of AFC Urgent Care. We've had them on for the last couple of weeks, and I thought it was important to bring her back because things are changing so much. Now, we talked at the beginning of the show about what is not a risk for you. However, the, there are people who are at risk, and I want to talk about them too. I believe in balance. I'm not one of these people that says, don't worry about it, and I'm not one of these people that say we're all going to die. I want to give you the full perspective. You have a 98% chance of living if you get this virus. However, there are a lot of people who are not going to, we're going to get this virus, we're going to get very sick. And for those people, they need to get tested, they need to be treated, 
And we have Lisa here to talk about this. So I heard something. I was at... So can I challenge you for just a second? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I love she's, you. <laughs> she's so hot. I love it when she challenges me. It's like a spelly girl. Uh, um, I think the local politicians are doing the, really the best they can. And yeah. I don't think anybody's like, you know, trying to shut down the government to hurt people. I think they're trying to really um, protect their... You know, I think they're trying to protect people. You don't think some of them are using that in order to expand their power and how much they, I mean. No, I the, think they're agonizing. The governor of Maine shut down the entire, for the summer. Like, we don't know what it's going to be like next I, week. I don't, I don't know the governor of Maine. I, I have no idea what their story She's is. in that case. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I know local people. Right. I know local people are truly agonizing right. because they're so worried about, you know, uh, local businesses and this is really affecting local businesses right. and and people and their livelihoods and it's destroying lives. Yeah, we need to get we need to get open. We need yeah, to open yeah, we America. Do. We do. I I firmly believe that, but also people are dying. Yep. Um people are really sick and I think it's just a balance of what to do and I don't think they want it on them. You know, every night, you know, you know, Ferentini and Perry and um Rivera have to post, you know, how many new cases, how many deaths. And I think it really bothers them. I think they're good people and they mean well. Yeah. I know you don't believe that. Well, no, here's, here's what I will say, because I interviewed, and we're going to talk about this after, uh, in the next segment. We, I interviewed yesterday the police chief in Haverhill, the police chief in Lawrence, yeah. and the police chief in Methuen. I didn't get to Chuck Gray. I'll do him tomorrow in North Andover. And they're all handling this very differently. I actually have to applaud Haverhill. I have. I can't believe I'm saying this about Jim Ferentini because we don't agree well, on anything. Well, he is my uncle. Give, him, right. give him some all slack. Right. But so I am going to give him. I am going to give him some kudos because when I asked, uh, and we're going to play the clip later on. When I asked Chief DeNaro, uh, "What are you guys doing?" Methuen closed down their parks. Are you guys closing down their parks? He said, "No." I said, "Yeah, but uh, you know, Dan Rivera is forcing people to wear masks. He's saying five hundred dollar fine if you don't wear a mask in Lawrence. Are you guys doing that?" He's like, "No." But you have to understand that uh, this look at all three towns and they're very different. I mean, um, how many square miles is Lawrence? Seven. Seven. And you have uh, almost 100,000 people. Right. I mean, so what, what are his options to protect people? His option to just keep doing what he's doing. He's doing the best he can, right? Wow. I don't know about that. I, I, drunk, I, I don't know. I mean, I think if he's I drunk was, with power. I, I mean, I don't know what I would do to. How do you force? People. How do you force people? How do you say I'm going to force people to wear a mask? And I'm going to find. Get this. We get told by the Democrats on a daily basis on national news that anything that disproportionately impacts Latinos or Blacks over whites is racism. And poor poverty, the word poverty is code for Black and Latino because most Blacks and Latinos are poor, and yet. In Lawrence, the mayor is going to impose a $500 fine on people in Lawrence, the Latinos in Lawrence. People, by the way, we get told by CNN every day, are so poor they can't afford an ID to vote. But we want them to go out and buy boxes of masks every day. And if they don't, we're going to hit them with a $500 fine. They can't afford a voter ID. They can't afford a mask, but we're going to charge them $500? Are you kidding? Well, I I can't speak for him, but I think... I would assume that he's just thinking of ways to protect people and he's trying to save lives. And I, I, I don't, I don't think he's thinking like, I just want to control people. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I think I he's, he's thinking of ways because 
such a small, dense area, and it's so easy to spread it. Right. And then you have Methuen. Has how many square miles is Methuen? Oh, uh, it's a lot. It's twenty-three. It's oh, thank you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Well, twenty-three square miles. Because at least you can spread people out, and right. then Haverhill is. And I heard it my entire life from my father. Haverhill is thirty-six square miles. Amen. I mean, at least you can spread people out. Mm -hmm. So. So I wonder if they, I, they just have more options. I'm a guy from North Andover. Let's say I didn't get the memo on the masks. I go into Lawrence to Polo Central. By the way, I love Polo Central. I wish they would they would advertise with us. Um, I love getting quipes and the chucheros, and I love Dominican food. And so I go in, and I'm not wearing a mask, and I'm standing, you know, four or five feet behind the guy in front of me in line. Is a police officer going to come over and and uh, and give me a five hundred dollar ticket because I'm not wearing a mask? I don't know. What if I didn't know? I'm from Andover. I'm from North Reading. I came into Lawrence to get food. You're basically chasing people from outside the city out, and you're telling people inside the city that you don't care about them, that you're going to charge them $500 for not wearing a mask. What about all the homeless people? Where are they going to get their masks? So I asked somebody from the city of Lawrence yesterday, is Lawrence going to be passing out masks? That's, I mean, a, if that's a great option. If you're going to mandate that people yeah. wear them, how about, I don't know, pony up and go out and buy some friggin' masks for these people and give them out. No, we're not doing that. Not in Lawrence. Get your own damn mask. Well, what about a bandana? Can they wear a bandana? Yeah, they can wear any kind of face covering. And one of the things that Dan did okay. say... Well, that's... That you, you, that's you can fair. wear some kind of a face covering if you wanted to, but... All right, that's, that's fair. So I heard I was over at... Um, You've closed down North Andover, so I go over to Methuen. Yeah. I love the girls over there. I would marry every single one of them. They're so awesome. Um, and one of them said something about a pod. And I'm like, a pod? She said, yeah, we got a pod coming. This is about yes, a couple yes, days ago. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to know if they maybe... They came yesterday. So came yesterday. what are these pods? So... Um, we're going to replace... This is going to be like the... We're going to replace <laughs> people with the pods like that. What was that movie? Technically, I'm not supposed to be discussing pods, but it's... Uh, Isn't that it, awful? I can't not, remember that. It's not functional right now, but it's... Uh, so when we test people for COVID, it's very, we can't do it on rainy days because the PPE cannot get wet and deteriorates and we can't pe keep people safe. And it's really hard because when people get there, they're like, what do you mean I can't get tested today because we can't bring the staff out. So when people go for curbside testing on a daily basis, um, they have to call ahead of time. And, you know, when they call ahead of time and they hear we're not testing today, they get very upset. I bet. <laughs> and I get the, what do you I mean? Bet, I bet they show up without calling and when so, you tell well, them they have so to leave, I bet they get very upset about that too. They get really, really upset. Um, but now they're, they're getting the message. And a lot of times I'm explaining that the PPE can't get wet. And right now PPE is so sacred and so valuable. So what um, they decided to do is get these they're called pods, and um, it's it's basically to keep everyone safe. So I don't know exactly. So what are you what are you using the pods for? Like the, the workers are in the pods. Yes, they'll, so they'll, they'll be get in the, wet. Yes, and we're deciding. And on someone drives up to the pod. <laughs> to be honest we're with you, we're still trying to figure it out. We're still trying to figure it out, and we operational wise, and we're the medical director, Dr. Oreo, um, is writing the protocols as we speak. I hear good things about him. It's a her. It's her. Christine. And she's, I had good things about Dr. D. Oreo. She, Christine Oreo, she's lovely. Yep. Um, did you see her yesterday? She was on North End of her cam. I didn't. She actually described the entire process. Really? I'll, I'll, I'll have yes. to post that on the uh, Valley Patriot yes. page. So anyway, so back to these little, the pods, they're actually trying to figure out exactly how they're going to be used. And as soon as they are functional and operational, I will let you know. All right. Now, the big thing that I'm hearing on CNN, and I don't watch Fox News much, but I do, there's two shows on Fox that I do watch. 
Um, I even watched a little MSNBC yesterday. Everybody's talking about one thing. First, it was all ventilators. Then it was all, we got to get testing. Now it's antibody testing, which is what they started doing in Florida and California to test people to see if they've gotten the virus and didn't get sick. People that are perfectly healthy are testing positive for the antibodies, which means they got the virus and didn't affect them. Um, is, is AFC Urgent Care going in that direction too? It seems like the whole country is. Yes, we are definitely going in that direction. That so is... I covered you on that? <laughs> oh my God, he's so fresh. Um, we are definitely going in that direction. And yes, uh, Dr. Oreo is also working on the protocol so we can um, implement that as well. But that is actually really important. I think if I actually, I think I would probably test. You probably will, yeah. yeah. I probably will too. Yeah. Although I, I, I've been told by like every doctor that if I get it, I'm done. Oh, right. Um, yeah. But I'm still out there living my life every day. I'm still out delivering papers. I'm still going. People call me and say, I want to talk to you about advertising. I'm still going to their business and talking to them. Um, I'm still coming here doing this show. Uh, I still go into Lawrence and how we, we were at TMF last night. Um, Mike Gorman feeding the homeless. Uh, I'm, uh, my, I'm I, prob- that is so nice. You do that with Jill. And by the way, thank you. Because last night, Lisa Savinelli Williams from AFC Urgent Care and her husband Tom DeLacy Savinelli Williams <laughs> donated uh, was it twenty pizzas last night to, for the homeless? I don't, I can't it was something remember. like twenty or twenty five pizzas. And what was great is that they didn't get they didn't you didn't order the big pizzas. You ordered the small personal pan pizzas. Actually, that was Jill's idea. Okay, so a brilliant idea because what we saw was when we had the big pizzas, a homeless person would go up and take one slice and then they'd be afraid to go back. Well, yeah, well, that's also contamination. Right. Multiple people. But with the personal pan pizzas last night, they were coming up to the table, taking their personal pan pizza in the box, and then going off somewhere to eat it. And they were so thrilled. They're like, oh, this whole thing, I can take the whole thing? We're like, yeah, you can take the whole thing. Just take and go. And they were thrilled. Yeah. You guys, I'm so impressed. You do that every week. Yeah, we do every... And a shout out to TMF, Feelings Girl, and uh, Mike Gorman, and all the... And Jill Stackland. Jill does it every week. She loves to do it. Jill is such a good person. She is. She is a good human being. Yeah, yes. she's a great person. She does a lot for the city of Methuen, too. She's a Methuen resident who comes into Lawrence and helps us feed homeless people. While the Lawrence officials don't do shit for the homeless people in Lawrence, they don't do a damn thing. And when Karina Papalato and the people who are involved in Daybreak and Pegasus House tried to put something together for a tent for the homeless people to stay, Karina even said, you can put up a tent on my property at daybreak so that we can handle the overflow and we can get these homeless people off like the streets and not sleeping in, you know, in cars or like on the sidewalk. So what about that? And Dan Rivera said no. So my girlfriend, actually Mayberry, is uh, working right now with the city of uh, Lawrence and she's actually um, uh, staffing a facility for for the homeless. Yep. Good. Where is that exactly? Um, Do we know? I think it's in one of the hotels. Yeah. Somebody actually texted me that about yeah. five minutes ago, but said, mm-hmm. don't say where it is because they're not ready for the influx yet. Yes. And if I announce it on the show, they'll have 500 homeless people showing up tomorrow. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know exactly where it is. I know that. Geez. I am going to post it so tomorrow. So that was very nice of the city of Lawrence. Yeah. It, it, if that was done by the city of Lawrence. I'm not sure it was, but if it was, well, I, I think so. I'm happy to give credit to anybody, whether I like them or not, if they do something yeah. good. And if Dan Rivera did that, I'm happy to give him credit. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was probably somebody else, though. Um, but I don't know. The tribute's watching. Maybe they can actually do their own homework once in a while, and they can make a phone call and find out. Um, have you seen, now that we've gone through, we're about eight weeks into this, have you seen the down decline, the downward slope, so to speak, of uh, people testing positive. 
No, it's actually going up. It's going up in the Merrimack Valley. Yeah. So Massachusetts is still spiking while the rest of the country is going down. Uh, New York is actually just starting to go down their plateau, but they're, gonna, they're starting to go so down. So we're testing about um, – so keep in mind we test in Methuen, Stoneham, and Waltham. Our medical director is the medical director for all of those clinics. And overall, it's about a 25% positive rate. Wow. Of the people that you're testing. Yeah. Wow. And, and it's really, really important, I think, for anybody who's working in assisted livings, um, travel nurses, assisted livings, nursing homes, um, all the essential employees to get tested. Have you tested Neil Perry yet? I'm not going to say that's called no. HIPAA. It's Because well, I told you last week, I saw Neil was on um, a city council meeting, mm. and he coughed into his elbow a couple of times, and he's he's like me. He's in the high-rate category. Yeah. Um, so I said, I called Lisa. I said, listen, are you friends with Neil Perry? You got to get him tested. <laughs> Even we, if we did test listen, him, I wouldn't tell you. Listen, we can't lose Neil Perry. He's like the only guy in, in Methuen that can run that city right now. And we lose him. You know, who the, you know who the acting mayor is going to be? It's going to be Steve Sabre. We all know that that's going to be the case. So we're going to put a stop to that at any at any cost. We got to make sure that Neil Perry stays as healthy well, as he Jana possibly can. Well, Jana is fabulous. I love Jana. Oh my God. She is. That is a dream team. She is. She is my spirit animal. Whenever I'm not sure about something, yeah. whenever I'm like stressed about something, I'll call her and say, "Okay, let me walk this through with you." And I always feel better by the end of it. I feel like, "Okay, now I know what I should yeah, do." She's she's uh, very calm, very stable. Yeah, yeah. And people don't realize that uh, Jaina's background is her resume is incredible. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, people only know her as like Jaina Dinatali. She was on the school committee. They don't realize she was a prosecutor for the DA's office for like I don't know ten or fifteen years, however long she was there. Um, and then she's in, she's a lawyer. She's a prosecutor. Um, you know, she could have taken a job anywhere for four or five hundred thousand dollars in oh, a major yeah. law firm in Boston, and instead she's making pennies working for the city of Methuen because she cares about the community so much. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, it's so, so true though. So, so you you're working with a lot of the different um, mayors, a lot of the different communities. Is so does Lawrence really, seem to be the so worst? We're really trying to work. I actually I've been on um, Spanish radio, which is. So comical because I can't speak Spanish. <laughs> I love Spanish radio. I love it too, and I've had some. Re- I've connected with some really nice people who have been trying to interpret for me. Right, but it's we're we're trying to um, work with the Spanish community and get more people tested. So um, that's that's very important right now because Spanish um, Lawrence is. I can't remember how many people have tested positive, but I think maybe 1,600 Wow! at this time. Wow. Yeah. So. And keep in mind, there's, you know, 90,000 people in a seven-mile. Right. You know, and that is not Dan Rivera's fault. Right. That's no, it's just, not. That's no. just the city. No, I, I, I fault Dan Rivera for his reaction, not for the numbers. The numbers are what they are. They're going to be what they are. Plus, you got to remember that in the city of Lawrence, there's like nine nursing homes. So I don't think you have nine nursing oh. homes in Methuen or nine no. nursing homes in Haverhill, right? So you've got a lot more people in Lawrence. But you also have a lot more elderly in Lawrence. You have a lot more elderly facilities in Lawrence. And one of the groups of people that, that really need to get tested, and um, I don't know if you guys do something special. Do you guys do anything special for, like, healthcare workers that come in to get tested, or is everybody just kind of treated the same? So if it, they're considered essential employees, so especially um, healthcare workers, police, fire, um, if they've been exposed, you take them, them first yeah. because I, I had somebody email me last night. I, I mentioned to somebody that you were coming on the show and they emailed me after I talked to them and said, I, after I walked away, I thought about this and I want to put it in your head. 
um, ask Lisa if we can put an appeal out for those home health workers because yeah. they're on the front lines too yeah. and they're going into people's homes and they can't not do their job. If somebody's, you know, if, if somebody is a home health care worker for an invalid somewhere, yeah. they have to go to that person's home. They have to take care of that yeah, person. Yeah, they are, they are critical at this yeah. time. So we want to put a shout out to all the home health care workers, um, especially at, um, I want to make sure I get it right because I got it wrong the last two times, Horizon Home Care in Tewksbury, who was a, a sponsor of the show. We want to make sure all the home health care workers out there Call AFC Urgent Care. Tell them that you're a, a frontline responder, that you're a home health care worker. They'll get you in as quick as they possibly can, and they'll get you tested, right? right? Except on a rainy day. <laughs> on a rainy day. When it rains, don't. <laughs> when it rains, we yeah. Don't come when it rains. But we do have, um, on Saturday, we do have a drive-through on Saturday in Stoneham. Um, you know, call the 781-430-8161 number. That's basically the hub location where the medical director is. That's where her team is. Mm -hmm. That's where they screen everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, you do a telemed, uh, pre-screen beforehand. Um, they will take good care of you. I can't thank the medical team enough. They're doing such a good job. They're wonderful people. You, the, the, the girls who work for you are amazing. We do have men. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about them. I know you don't. I don't care about them. I'm a single guy. I only care about the women that work for me. You're so and they, bad. And they're all and they're all amazing. I love okay. all of them. Disclaimer: I do not have your beliefs. <laughs> the opinions expressed on paying attention are not necessarily those of Lisa Savinelli Williams or Tom DeLacy Savinelli Williams. <laughs> all right. So oh, do you want to hang out with me while I rip on a whole bunch of other people? You want to rip? Why do we have to rip on? Well, that's people? what I do. I know. You've seen the show, right? <laughs> So, so I'm watching yesterday. I'm watching. I'm going to start with clip one. We're watching. I'm watching yesterday. Um, uh, Who else are you going to rip on? I just. Or well, I'm going to start with Dan Rivera, and we'll work why? our way out. Well, you'll find out. Why. Okay, fine. So I'm watching. I'm going to interject my opinion. That's then. fine. That's perfect. <laughs> I need. I need balance. You need. Um, and I have no Paul here to balance me out. So you're you're a good substitute for Paul. We miss Paul. Um, so yesterday. I feel bad for Dan. You, do you really feel bad for Dan? Yes, he's doing the best he can. I don't, how do you I don't know, know that, though? How do you know that? I mean, he may be doing the best that he can, but I expected more from a guy who's a military MP, has all kinds of education, speaks English fluently, is a very, very smart guy. There's oh, he's nothing, brilliant. Nothing dumb about Dan Rivera at all. And then he does stuff like this. Don't worry about it. Just wear your mask. We, you will, it will be enforced. It'll close up. Some of those uh, ideas of how we can get stuff turned back on really will be based on some of whether or not the number. All right, can you stop that for me? I should have given it a better buildup. So the question was he, was, he did a press conference yesterday. And I want to play that again, if you don't mind. Um, we did a press conference yesterday. They opened up the fire station up on Ames Street, up on Tower Hill, which is great because Willie Lantigua closed it 11 years ago for no reason. He was trying to get, get uh, even with the firefighters who campaigned against him. Firefighters did not support Willie, so he went out and he, he closed two fire stations. He laid a bunch of firefighters off. Um, Dan Rivera announced yesterday that he opened it up, and one of the questions from the members of the press was, you just imposed a $500 fine. I thought, three, I thought it was three. Yeah, no, we bumped it up to five. And it's a $500 fine if you're not wearing a mask. How are you going to enforce it? And this was his answer. Don't worry about it. Just wear your mask. Don't worry about it. You, you will, it will be enforced. It'll, those, uh, yeah, just don't worry those, about uh, it. Ideas of how we can get Maybe he was just on. anxious, really like public speaking-wise. Yeah, so he's, don't, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about who's going to enforce it. You, you know what you do? Wear your mask, you don't got to worry about it. That was his answer. Phenomenal. 
So I asked the chief of police yesterday. I don't have this clip, but I did ask the chief of police yesterday in Lawrence. I said, are you guys going to, because I'm very concerned that police officers in America, we've always, let me back up a little. We've always been told during Second Amendment debates in this country for the last hundred years that if the government tried to overreach and seize everybody's guns, if the, if the, if the government ever became a totalitarian government, the American police officer would not follow orders if they were unconstitutional. And what we see is police officers all over the country arresting people for fishing alone in a boat because the governor said so, which is a violation of our constitution. So I asked the chief of police in Lawrence yesterday, I said, I'm very concerned about police officers following these orders. Are you guys out arresting people or fighting people? Are the cops going to be the vehicle that Dan Rivera uses to enforce this mask policy? And his answer was no. He said, no, not really. No. Our job as police officers is to respond to crime. God bless Dan, God bless Roy Vasque, the chief of Lawrence. Um, so who is going to enforce it? Well, we don't know. According to Dan yesterday, it might be the Department of Health. It might be other inspectors. It's other people. We don't know. We're not sure. Hey, just wear your mask and you don't have to worry about it. Sounds to me like he knows he's over his head. He knows he can't enforce this. There are 90,000 people in Lawrence. It's actually more if you count all the illegal aliens. I only counted 10 million, 10,000, I mean. Um, but even if you go with the low number of 90,000 people, you're never going to be able to enforce this. Even if you hired 500 people tomorrow to walk the streets of Lawrence to find people for not wearing masks, you're still not going to be able to adequately enforce it. So it's just once again a politician trying to make it look like they're doing something when they're really not doing much of anything. Trying to make it look like they're affecting some kind of change, they're protecting people when they're really not protecting people. Remember, the CDC told us not to wear masks. We've been lied to from the beginning by our elected officials. We were told by the CDC, don't wear masks at the very beginning. Because if you wear a mask, you're more likely to get the coronavirus if you don't wear a mask. Unless you're a healthcare worker. Then if you wear a mask, then it's okay. That's what we were told. It made no sense. It was a total lie. And they lied to us because what they really wanted was they didn't want regular people to wear masks and deplete the mask supply because our frontline workers need those masks. They should have just said that. But given the choice between lying to us and not lying to us, elected officials will always go with lying to us. They will always go with the easier story. So they came out, and the Surgeon General of the United States, and I can't remember his name, Surgeon General of the United States came out at a press conference with the president and said, don't wear a mask. If you wear a mask, you're more likely to get the coronavirus. It's a total lie. When he was called on it two weeks later, now that the CDC has changed their mind and said everybody should wear a mask, he said, well, you know, we went with what we had at the time, and... No, that's a lie. It's a lie, a lie. He's a lying liar who lies. And the CDC has lied to us. Remember, initially, the CDC and the World Health Organization told you, the American people, don't worry about the coronavirus. Fauci himself said, don't worry about the coronavirus back in December. Don't worry about it. It's no different than the flu. And by the way, it can't be transmitted from human to human. It can only be transmitted from animal to human. But that's what the World Health Organization was saying. That's what I'm saying. But they lied to us. They lied to but us. They, they were, knew. But they were going by the information that was given to them. Keep in mind, China, you know, right, we but, were going by the information. But there were millions sense. of people in China dying over this, and they were trying to tell us that it wasn't transmittable. So what I'm saying is every step of the way, we've been lied to. 
And not just about this. Go back to, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. How about, read my lips, no new taxes. How about, I did not have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. We've been <laughs> lied to for 30 friggin' years in this country by our, uh, by our elected officials. And then the coronavirus hysteria hits. And what does everybody do? Just believe everything we get told. And we'll shut down our businesses and stay home. And I think when all this is over, we're going to look back. I think a year from now, two years from now, we're going to look back <laughs> and say this was the greatest mistake anybody has ever made. And really, the blame has to go on Donald Trump, really, at the end of the day. And I find it interesting that it's all these liberals, all these Democrats, who are saying, we got to keep the country shut down. Don't let anybody go fishing by themselves. Don't let anybody go surfing by themselves. Arrest people playing ball with their daughter nine feet away in a public park. They're the ones saying we don't want this to end. They're the ones saying that we should never reopen the country. And so is Donald Trump. Isn't that weird that they agree with Donald Trump while they're, everything Donald Trump says is wrong except for this, for some reason, I guess. I mean, I know Trump wants to reopen the country, but he's listening to Fauci. He's listening to all these so-called experts who have been wrong every step of the way. All right, I, I'm, I'm off on a tangent, and we got about, uh, can we go over a little bit today? Is that possible? All right, I got to give you another credit card, too, because I got a new card. Um, so I'm watching, I'm watching the city council meeting. I hope I can get to all these clips. I don't think I can, but I'm going to get to as many as we can. So I'm watching the city council meeting. It's going to be clip two. Um, and I, my favorite city councilor, I say that in jest because I can't stand the guy, Steve Saber, said what I think could be the dumbest thing anybody has ever said in the history of humankind. Maybe. We're getting information at a very late time period. It's not just this one item right now. I, I said before, and I believe that these city council meetings right now during COVID-19, the only thing we should be talking about right now is COVID-19, period. <laughs> <laughs> Agendas, like, like I've never Oh, seen you can cut that. That's just great. I, you know what I'm... Right there, yeah. You know, you know, when I'm sitting around the office the other night and I was feeling kind of blue about something, I pulled up that clip. It just made me happy. Here's Steve Saber. He spent 20 minutes talking at the last meeting about how police officers get paid too much for detail and overtime during the coronavirus. Just imagine, while everybody else is sending pizza and coffee and thank yous and cards to our first responders, thanking them for putting them, their lives at risk to go out every day and continue policing, continue being firefighters, continue being nurses at the hospitals. While we're all doing that, Steve Stabler sitting in a Methuen City Council meeting two weeks ago and saying, the cops are making too much money on detail and overtime during the coronavirus. And then, at the following meeting, he says, we shouldn't be talking about any of that stuff. Nothing but the coronavirus should be on our agenda. Really? Really? So we shouldn't talk about the police contract? Oh, right, they haven't brought that up yet. They didn't bring up the police contract. By the way, for those who are, who are listening and didn't miss last week's show, we broke it out last week. Last Thursday, I broke out for you for the first time that the mayor of Methuen and the police superior officers union in Methuen have come to an agreement on their contract. That night, it was not on the city council agenda. City council president McCarty brought it up and had two votes as to when they should have a meeting on it and when they should have an information and when they should have an executive session on it. But it wasn't on the agenda. Isn't it weird that the day that I broke the story, and by the way, that story is well over 14, 15 days old. I held on to that for 15 days, and I kept waiting for Jim McCarty, president of the Methuen City Council, to put it on the agenda. 
He put everything else on the agenda, but he didn't put that on the agenda. So it's not like they're only handling coronavirus like Steve Saber wants them to. Yet we don't know what the deal is, and the city council refuses to take a vote. They refuse to put it on the agenda, and they refuse to discuss it. Until Tom Duggan broke the story. If Tom Duggan didn't break the story last Thursday for you guys, it would be October before Jim McCarty decided to get to this. So they took a vote. And by the way, I filed a, um, I filed a complaint with the Attorney General's office because it was not on the agenda, and that makes it an illegal meeting and an illegal vote. You can't just put something, you can't have an item on the agenda that says communications from the mayor or communications from counselors, and then bring up an item to vote on it. If there's an item to be voted on, it has to be specifically listed on the agenda so the public knows. And then if they want to show up and they want to line up 15 deep at public participation to give their opinion on whatever that issue is, they have the ability to do that. But not Jim McCarty and the city council. They sneak things onto the agenda all the time. They don't want the public to know something's coming up. They just they hide it under communications from the mayor or communications from city councilors. And then they take votes on it that you didn't know about. So I did file a complaint with the Attorney General's office, and I hope that, I mean, th- they ask on the complaint form what remedy you want. I'm not looking to find the city. I'm not looking to take money away from the city. What I want is I want a letter to the city council to make them stop doing it because they continually find ways to bend the rules, break the rules, dance over the line, dance back when they get caught, and it's time they stop. Steve Saber is 100% wrong. You can't have city, a city like Methuen operate and only have city council meetings to talk about coronavirus. It's ridiculous. Later on in the discussion, though, this gets even more fun. Dave's going to love this one. So uh, this will be clip three. So um, how'd you like to be in a foxhole with, with Nick DiZoglio? Methuen City Council and Nick DiZoglio? How'd you like to be in a foxhole with this guy? So here's what, he, here's what happens. The city shut down all businesses except for non-essential. Walmart is still open, but you can only buy certain things in Walmart. For some reason, the city has now, again, become a fascist regime and said, you can go into Walmart and buy food, but you can't buy clothes. You can buy this, but you can't buy that. They're basically picking winners and losers. So Nick DiZoglio, private investigator Nick DiZoglio, goes into Walmart, and here's what he finds. Mr. Chair, Mr. Mayor, thank you again. Um and, and, you know, I guess I'll, I'll pick you back up there. Um, echo. Yeah, he wants to reiterate. You know, uh, reiterate. the other day, and, and there was a, a sign on there that said, um, due to a city ordinance, um, which, again, was flagged to me by a few residents. I took a picture of them myself. But I even also went a step further, grabbed off, grabbed one of the, games that were on one of those shelves that said you can't purchase this you have to order it online and i continue to bring it to the checkout and no one stopped it oh so no even, even with those papers up well, let's get heinrich himmel over there, there to make sure they're not selling the wrong fucking product items. uh people are non-essential items people are still purchasing unbelievable unbelievable this kid went as a city councilor dude you're a part-time city councilor You're not a cop, you're not the governor, you're not the president, you're a part-time city councilor, and what he does is he goes to knock on one of the few businesses that are still open in Methuen, that are still employing people, and he goes in and there's a sign that says you can't buy this game, you have to buy it online, but just to make sure they're following the rules, he took the game up to to the register anyway, and they rang it in. Can you believe it? 
This, I guarantee you this kid was a home monitor in seventh grade and used to get beat up every day. I guarantee you. This was the home monitor saying, Jimmy, Jimmy skipped English class. Can you imagine if you're Walmart, can you imagine you're the manager of Walmart and you flip on a city council meeting and there's a city councilor bad-mouthing one of the only businesses that is still open employing people right now? Can you imagine? Can you imagine you're one of the people who works there? I mean, it was probably a kid who didn't know, right? It was probably some 19-year-old kid at the register who saw the game and didn't realize that for some reason that they weren't supposed to, he wasn't supposed to purchase it. But there's Nick. There's Detective Nick. He's there to make sure everybody's make sure that there are no Jews next door in the basement. Stormtroopers, they're next door in the basement. I saw the O'Reilly sneaking them in the back door. Come on. Come on, you're a city council. This is this is what we've come to. And when I say that these elected officials, once there's no more constitution, you get to see what these people are really all about. Once there's no more rules, you get to see what these people really are. A lot of them are authoritarian fascists. Whether it's the governor of Maine or Nick DiZaglio, they're authoritarian fascists. Given their druthers, they will always take your rights away rather than give you rights. They will always take your rights away rather than give you rights. Um, I have one more funny thing from the Methuen City Council meeting. This was great because I started this. Now, uh, four weeks ago, I floated a rumor in Methuen that... Um, because Steve Saber and Jim McCarty will do the exact opposite of whatever they think Tom Duggan wants. Because apparently I'm part of the Sharon Pollard conspiracy, even though she's a Hillary supporter and I'm a Trump supporter and we agree on nothing. But somehow was somehow was supposed to be part of this big conspiracy cabal in Methuen. So I started a rumor that the uh, veteran services officer in Methuen was going to retire and that uh, Neil Perry was going to hire my good friend uh, Randy Carter, formerly from Veterans Northeast Outreach. And so at the following meeting... Steve Saber gets up. I don't have this clip, but it, it moves into the next clip, right? So Steve Saber gets up and says during the questioning of the mayor, now, mayor, now, mayor, let me, let me ask something. You know, I'm very concerned, very concerned, very, very concerned. I hear that the veterans uh, uh, director is going to be leaving. And have you put together a, a, uh, a search committee? Are you doing a nationwide search? Because he wants to make sure that the guy that I want to get the job is definitely not going to get the job. No matter how good Randy Carter might be, he could be the greatest guy for veterans on the face of the earth. But Steve Saber wants to make sure he doesn't get the job because I want it. So he gets up and Neil Perry looks at him and says, I have no idea what you're talking about, Consular. The veteran services guy isn't leaving. I talked to him this morning. He's staying. What are you talking <laughs> So I had so much fun doing that that I had to do it again. Because that's what I am. I'm a hedonist. More is never enough. So I floated a story through one of the police officers in Methuen that we know is a narc. We know he's the guy running the city council is telling stories about how bad the police department is. He's, he's frames himself as a whistleblower, but he's really not. He's, not. he's not blowing the whistle on anything real. So I floated through a mutual friend to this one police officer that Chief Solomon and the, um, and the superior officers have a secret investigation to find out who's leaking information to Jim McCarty. And here's what happens. Thank you. And then my last question was, um, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I mean, this is the third, um, I'll call it a source, where this information has come from now, where I'm hearing <laughs> that the chief of police uh, wants to conduct an investigation on who is um, giving information to counselors, specifically the Public Safety Committee, um, when I first heard it, I thought it was just any other thing you hear about in Methuen, but I heard it for a second time and now finally a third. 
So, you know, I don't feel as though the best use of time for, um, you know, our chief and his bureaus and captains to be conducting an investigation on their own people to see who's talking to the oversight committees. Um, if that is true, and it keeps going. that it is, but, you know, I've been hearing it uh, for a couple of days now. If that is true, um, I really hope that uh, your office would come in and make sure that they stay focused on, obviously, COVID-19. I'm going to tell you that I'm assuming that's just rumor. We are, we are not. No police agency is doing any investigation of any information exchange. No, that's just not happening. So his, so his, <laughs> he was, fell for it again. He fell for it again. So I, I, I podcast the meetings from my dad, from my office, and I do like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. I comment through the whole meeting. Um, so three things on this: one, you're a city councilor. Why are you talking about rumors? When it becomes real, then put it on the agenda, and then people can discuss it in an official meeting. That's number one. Number two, you're a friggin' city councilor. You have no say over whether or not the police department does an investigation or not. None. Zero. You have no say. You are, your job is budget and policy, and that's it. You have no say over personnel. You have no say over the police department. You have no say over what they, what, what they investigate. Third, none of it was real. None of it was real. Five minutes out of a city council meeting over, something, over a rumor, over something that wasn't even real. Because I'm the one that made it up. I'm the one that started the rumor. They fall for it every time. It's friggin' hilarious. These guys are so easy. They're so desperate to get something on Joe Solomon. The, the visceral hatred that Steve Saber and Jim McCarty have from Methuen police officers is staggering. That even in the middle of the coronavirus, Steve Saber could two weeks ago complain about how much money in detail and overtime that our first responders are getting. Like, I get, like, you know, when it's not coronavirus time, if you want to complain about that, that's one thing. But, but these guys... If, if four guys have to quarantine because they test positive or somebody that they know tested positive and they can't go to work for 14 days, someone's got to cover their shift. And if it's the guy that just worked eight straight hours on a different shift, you got to pay him overtime. And then Steve Saber, the visceral hatred for the Methuen cops is so staggering, it's irrational. And how these two guys get away with this at every meeting, I don't get it at all. Where are the good Methuen citizens standing up at public participation saying, stop attacking our cops. Because you want to know something? If Steve Sable was getting shot tomorrow, those cops he hates so much would be the first one to jump in front of a bullet for him. Any one of them, including Joe Solomon. That's what their training and their expertise is for. They're trained to go out and put themselves between you and a bullet, whether they know you and like you or not. And for you to get up there at meeting after meeting and degrade our first responders, to degrade our, our police officers, is a disgrace. And when all of this is over, when all of this coronavirus stuff has died down, and next year we have another city election in Methuen, I really hope people run against Sabre and McCarty and throw their asses out of office. They've done nothing but obfuscate. And here's the thing. Every day that they don't bring up the police contract... It's now been at least 15 days that I've had the story, and it's probably been a little longer. Every day that they're not settling that contract, they're paying the cops at the higher rate, which is coming out of your pocket if you're a taxpayer in Methuen. And yet these are the two same guys that cry about money. These are the two same guys that say they're the guardians of the taxpayers' coffers. And they're just liars. They're just liars. 
They're not the guardians of anything. They're politically posturing so that they can run for something else later on. We all know Steve Sable wants to be mayor. We all know McCarty wants to run for state rep. We all know that, and it's no secret. Don't send me emails going, how do you know that you have no proof? I don't need proof. I watch these guys' actions. I've been doing politics since 1985. I've been in this business since 1985. I can watch a meeting. I can talk to a politician. I know exactly what they're going to do. And sometimes I predict it on my page, and you guys come on, and you eviscerate me and tell me I'm full of shit, and then six months later it happens, and I get crickets. Not one of those people come back and go, yeah, you know what, Tom, you were right. Never. But I am right. I know I'm right. And these two guys are a complete disgrace to the city of Methuen. Total, total disgrace. Hiding behind being the fiscal arbiters, the, the people who are fiscally responsible, while every single day, every day, today included... You're paying police officers in Methuen at the higher rate than at the negotiated lower rate that Neil Perry negotiated with the union 15 days ago because the council won't take it up. Why won't they take it up? I'm not sure why. I mean, I can guess. We can all guess. But why won't they? If they really care about the taxpayers, why at the last meeting didn't they put it on the agenda, have a public discussion about it, and take a vote? Have the mayor come in and say, this is what we negotiated, this is what we're giving the union. This is what the union's giving us and have a vote up or down. Why? I'm going to surmise. I'm going to guess. It's a really good educated guess because I've done a little poll of the city councilors. They don't have the votes to kill it. They don't have the votes to kill the negotiation that Perry and the union did. They need the votes to kill it. So they keep pushing it off and pushing it off so they can keep making deals with their colleagues and they can say, I'll vote for this. If you vote for that, I'll take care of you. If you take care of me until they have the votes to kill it. Now, do I have proof of that? No, but look at their actions. I say trust only behavior. No matter what anybody says, trust their behavior. Why are they not bringing up the police contract now? Why? It's a very simple reason. I asked Neil Perry. Why aren't they bringing it up? Why didn't, Mayor, why didn't you put it on the agenda? It's not my job. I said, why aren't they bringing it up? He said, I don't know. So well, can you tell me, like, what's in it? Can we break a story? Can you tell us, like, what did you negotiate? He said, I can't. There's a gag order. Unbelievable. So for 15 days, we're paying more money in the middle of a coronavirus. When they could have settled this. That's why Steve Saber says, we should only talk about the coronavirus. Let's not talk about anything else. Well, no, pay no attention to that, to that whole police contract over there. That's crazy talk. Crazy talk. Unbelievable. How you doing, Lisa, over there? I'm good. Good. I go, I go. Disclaimer. <laughs> we do not have the same views. <laughs> I'm going to bust up to clip nine. I want to end the show because I know we're at the one hour mark. I want to end the show. Uh, I did interview Police Chief Joe Solomon, and I interviewed Police Chief Alan DeNaro in Haverhill and Chief Vasquez Lawrence. And... Um, I wanted to get to all of those clips, but we we didn't, we're running out of time. I could do a two-hour show today. Um, but there's some. I asked Chief Solomon at the end of his interview, "Is there anything that I didn't cover that you think people should know? Um, is there anything you want to leave people with?" And I thought this was really really important. Not only if you're in Methuen, but if you're anywhere, uh, this has to do with discarding masks and gloves when you go shopping. Clip number nine, please, Ben. Please, for anyone listening to spread the word, people got to stop throwing their gloves and masks on the ground. It's really causing a major health issue when the stuff that the gloves and masks that are washing down into the storm drain are becoming a problem. But really? just particularly think of this market basket, Walmart, they're mostly younger kids working that 
go and get the carriages from the parking lot. They're the ones who have to clean up the gloves and the masks. It's just not fair to them. We've asked everyone to put receptacles out. For me, I leave like a plastic market basket bag in my car when I take a mask or gloves off. And I reuse my mask because I'm wearing an N95 until it's soiled. But my gloves, I discard. But I discard them in the bag. When the bag's filled, I double bag it and I throw it in the trash. We just ask people to please. It's not fair for someone else to have to pick up your gloves or mask. If you're afraid of touching them, think of someone who doesn't even know who you are. All right. Right. And so I thought that would be a great thing to end the show with because there are things we don't think about, right? We're all humans. We don't think about everything all the time. And there are kids, they're like 15, 16, 17 years old working um, at Market Basket at Walmart that have to go out and they have to pick up these, these gloves. awful. What would possess someone to throw that on the ground? I know. And now I'm hearing from DPWs in different communities that these gloves are getting down into the sewer system and they're clogging out the sewer system and it's, and it's costing a lot of money to go and either replace the pipes or to, or to try and flush them out and try and get them out. So if you're going to use uh, gloves, I don't use gloves. I'm not using anything, I, I'm, and I'm still fine. Uh, but if you're going to use gloves, if you're that paranoid, you want to go to Market Basket, you want to go somewhere, use your gloves. It's real simple. It's not rocket scientist. Think of the 15-year-old kid that's going to have to pick that up if you throw it on the ground. Have a plastic bag in your trunk. You put your groceries in the trunk. You take out the plastic bag. You take off your gloves. Put it in the plastic bag. Throw it in the back seat of your car so you get home and throw it in the dumpster when you get home or in the barrel when you get home. Very simple stuff that people, again, it's not because they're stupid. They're just not thinking. Um, I, th- I think would be very important. Do you have anything before we leave, Lisa, that you want to leave people with that you want them to... I find you so amusing. Do you really? <laughs> I really do. She's you so cute. Me, you just make me laugh. I'm going to uh, kill off that husband to her so I can take her for myself. Stop it. Um, I appreciate your perspective on everything. It's my polar opposite, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> like, we still love each other. My <laughs> polar opposite. No, I still, please, if you're having symptoms, get tested. Right. I really, that's really important. And please call in advance. Don't yeah. just show up. Yeah. Call please, AFC Urgent please Care. Please call in advance. Now, is there a way online where somebody can just go online and register no, rather than calling? because everybody has to, we have to do the whole tele, telemedicine, the pre-screening. Okay. It's very, very important. So please we, call AFC. What's the number? Give them the number again. Um, For the... For testing. For, for testing. Uh, 781-430-8161. Um, we have a drive-through this weekend in Stoneham. Mm-hmm. We'll have another drive-through uh, next week, either in North End or over Methuen. It all depends. And we have to pick a day, of course, that's not raining. So it's right. it's hard to kind of really advertise beforehand because we have to look at the weather. Right. Um, as soon as you let me know. You call us at the Valley Patriot, yeah. let us know. We will share it on all of our platforms, okay. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, everything yeah. that we have. Um, and we will help do that. And if you need me to come down for anything, like if you ever need like a media director yeah. to write something up, to get something into another paper, I don't even care if it's a competitor. You guys do such great work. I'm more than happy to help you at no cost. Call me. Let me know. I'm in the office all the time. I'm still working. I will write up whatever you need. I will help you if you need. Uh, you know. So do you want? So yesterday, North Andover Cam came to um, North Andover, and they actually videotaped our medical director and explained the entire process of actually a drive-through. It was um, it was really helpful because a lot of times people are actually you know, asking me to describe like what happens because patients actually stay in the car like the entire time. Um, and nobody basically to keep them all safe. So if you could right. take that clip and just share it with everyone, that would I be abso- awesome. I absolutely will. And I want to thank our sponsors who have stayed with us even through coronavirus. <laughs> McLennan Real Estate. I was really worried about McLennan Real Estate because they just started with us 
the week the coronavirus hit. And I'm like, oh my God, they just Love signed that. up for like this huge package. I'm going to make all kinds of money on these people. And then all of a sudden coronavirus hit and they run a full, they run a half page ad in the Valley Patriot, which we're going to double for them for free this month. They also sponsor this show. So if you're thinking of buying a house or selling your house, coronavirus or not, call Matt McLennan over at McLennan Real Estate. Tell him that you're a fan of the Valley Patriot. They will take care of you. Tell them that you watch this show. They will take care of you. Uh, we also want to thank AFC Urgent Care. Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm happy to do anything that you ever need from me. I don't care what it is, two in the morning, five in the morning, you call me, I will, I will help you do whatever. Marsan and Son Construction, when all this is over, you, you're going to need to have your porch fixed or you need to have a room redone. Uh, even if during the coronavirus, they'll social distance, they'll wear their mask and everything. They'll, 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 they'll come in and take care of you. The Police Superior Officers Union, who actually has an agreement, but the city council won't vote on it. Climate Design Systems, our, our pal Nina over at Climate Design Systems, they're still open for business. And um, what they've been doing is they've been getting calls from businesses that want them to clean out all of their duct work in their offices because when people come back to work, they want to make sure that there's no residual coronavirus or any other viruses. Uh, in, in a the really work. good idea. Yeah. So they're, they're doing a lot of that. So if you're thinking of getting that done for your business for when we're going to reopen, call Nina at Climate Design Systems. Tell her you saw the show. She'll give you a discount. She'll take care of you. Horizon Home Care. God bless all of those people at Horizon Home Care that go into people's homes. They're taking care of people, putting themselves at risk. My favorite place for lunch, Borelli's Deli, who not only sponsors the show, sponsors the Valley Patriot, and also uh, sponsors our live podcasts. They're um, fabulous. The food there is amazing. I'm going to hope, hope they're going to still be open by the time I get out of here. And a free plug for uh, Four Star Lighting and JG's Ice Cream. Uh, if you go to Uber Eats, you can get ice cream delivered to your house. Listen, I've gained 15 pounds since this thing started. <laughs> no, none you of, haven't. None you of, I did. I, 15, I'm, it's all, and it's all right here. So none of my clothes fit me anymore. <laughs> right? So Chris Belly Girl. Corona baby. Chris Belly Girl had to. Chris, Chris Belly Girl had to go out and buy me new clothes. She had to go out and buy me new jeans because I had nothing fit me anymore. So she goes online and she buys me all these brand new jeans, but she ordered the same size that I was already wearing, which is too small. So we, she had to send them back. And so now I finally have clothes that'll fit me. <laughs> but part of the reason for that is I'm going on Uber Eats every 20 minutes ordering JG's ice cream. And literally like within 15 minutes, they like they show up with like a hot fudge sundae and it's like not melted or anything. It's great. Um, and they're in Methuen, right? They are in Methuen and in Salem, New Hampshire. We love JG's ice cream. We're hoping that they're going to come on board with us at some point. Thank you, Ben Kitchen, for being a fine, fine producer. I want to thank uh, Lisa Savinelli-Williams and her husband, Tom DeLacy, Savinelli-Williams, AFC Urgent Care. Uh, Dave Garofalo, who stuck with us even when the Sabres tried to have this show shut down, even when people threatened to take their business elsewhere and did, he stuck with us. And so we're sticking with him as much as we possibly can. Um, let's run that uh, Melvin Taylor song if we've got it. And uh, I want to say one more thing before we end. I have no idea who Carol Baskins is, but Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. Thank you guys for coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you watch that show? Uh, no, I don't know. I have no idea who she is, but I, everywhere I know, everybody Tiger says, King. What is it she called? She killed her husband or something. What is it? Do you watch that show? Tiger or something. I watched two episodes. I couldn't do it. My my daughters were like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I'm like, I can't. It's just, it's too bad. It's yeah. too bad. And we just finished Ozarks. Do you watch it?
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21, Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.